Disclaimer, I do not own this property, nor do I claim that I own it. I only want to make this video just to encourage some people to play the game, and so they can learn about it. Please support Capcom and the developers for their next upcoming releases. Thank you, and enjoy the rest of the list. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Fighting Game Podcast. History... For beginners, I'm your host, Raiden Perez, and today we're starting on Season 2 of the Fighting Game Podcast, Fighting Game History. And just yesterday, they released Oro and Akira for Street Fighter V, when they're going to be released on August 16th, and we finally got the last character being Luke. So, I thought now would be the best time to go over the Street Fighter series in the timeline of the story. So... We're going to go over the entire Street Fighter series and the entire story of the Street Fighter series. Now, this is going to get a little complicated and a little long, so I'm going to split these into parts. And right now, we're going to go over the first ever Street Fighter game. Now, story-wise, this doesn't have a lot to it, so I'm going to add in a few extra details and a few extra developer hints or developer... Um, I'm going to go into more developing-wise of this game and the person who made it and the publishing company and music and gameplay because I think this will be the only time I'll be able to talk about it in length. So this is probably going to be one of the longer episodes of my podcast. It might reach an hour, it might not, might be a little shy, but nevertheless, it'll probably be a long one. So, I'll try not to delay any further, and let's begin with our first episode of Fighting Game History with Street Fighter 1. Okay, so I think we'll start off with development history through this. Now, I know a lot of people don't want to talk about this, nor most of the things I'm going to talk about in this, because, granted, I said this would probably be about story. But, to be fair, when am I ever else going to talk about this? So I might as well talk about it now. So, like I said, development history. This game was made by Takashi Nishiyama and Hiroshi Matsumoto and published by Capcom. For those of you who don't know what Capcom is, it's basically a publishing company for video games and one of the biggest publishers for arcade games back in the day. Back in the 90s, to be more precise. But anyway, they were on the top of their game back then. <clears throat> aside from now. But, aside from that, this game came out August 30th, 1987. And, later on, was ported to the Commodore 64, Amiga, Atari ST, the ZX Spectrum, the TurboGrafx CD, PSP, and the Wii Virtual Console. And, on Xbox, PS4, and Switch, and Steam, for all modern consoles in the 30th anniversary collection. So yeah, this game has definitely made its rounds on everybody. And to be fair, I'm pretty sure we all own it now thanks to the anniversary collection. So, aside from development and all that, let's move on to gameplay. Okay, so moving on to gameplay here for the Street Fighter 1 game. So, gameplay of this game... Uh, how should I say... It's bad. It's bad. 
back then it was bad, and now it's still bad. It has not aged well. So the controls are you only have two buttons. Now, this might sound weird for people who have played the other Street Fighter games, especially Street Fighter 2, with it having six buttons. Yeah, the first game didn't roll like that. Basically, what you had for the first game is two big buttons, and depending on how hard you hit it, a different normal would come out. Light, medium, and heavy. Same for punch, same for kick. Now, later they did improve on this with Street Fighter 2, but this is how they first decided to do it. With how hard you hit it, a different button or a different move would come out. Now, personally a lot of people don't like this, but I actually think it's quite interesting. I might be the few majority out of there that find it interesting and innovative, but I do understand why this is bad. Granted, I've played this game twice, and the controls have not aged well, nor do they feel well to control. Even with having the six buttons, it still doesn't matter. Depending on how hard you hit it, a different button will come out. Unless you perfectly know what time. But for a game as old as this, yeah, that chance has kind of flown away. But aside from that, gameplay is very... Stiff and slow. That's where I'd put it. It's very stiff and slow. It's a very much of its first kind. That it is a first ever fighting game in a first ever series. Nothing too crazy, just pretty normal. With fairly normal characters. So, overall, the gameplay really isn't all that good. The controls are unique, but however, have not aged well. And the gameplay is just very stiff. But if you want to play it, go ahead. The music in this game is also very... Again, it's also... How do I put it? It's very much of that era. But, however, even songs and game music from that era is still nice to listen to. I took a minute to listen to all the soundtracks on this, and it actually has a fairly decent soundtrack. The songs in this aren't too bad. I actually like a couple songs from here. A couple of my favorites being Birdies and Gens. Those two I'd probably say are probably my favorites. But to be fair, I recommend looking up this soundtrack. It's not half bad. Granted, it's nothing amazing. And granted, for the time, it's pretty good. But as of now, yeah. It's still a pretty good soundtrack. Like I said, I recommend picking this up. I recommend listening to the soundtrack on a YouTube or something. Because the soundtrack to this is really, really good. And I kind of recommend it. Not all the songs hit and not all the songs are good. Granted, there are a couple I really didn't like. Being Adon's and Sagat's theme. But, however, it did have some good music in this game. And I do like the music for it. Now, I'm not sure where the music category falls in people's opinions, but however, I like the music. And granted, I don't like all the songs here, but I do like the music in this. The music is nice. For a game of its time, I do quite enjoy this. So the music gets a thumbs up for me. Good job, game. 
So I'm going to go over two things in this because I forgot to go over it in uh, music. So one thing that I missed out was the look of the game. Now, the game looks fine, definitely an age of its time, with every pixel being used. But to be fair, this game still looks good to this day. Granted, it's not amazing like the Street Fighter we have now. But even back in the day, it still looks nice. And even on our 30th anniversary collections, it still looks nice. Granted, some of the ports can look a little butchered, but I'd say the game still looks nice. Definitely looks a lot better from all the other old games. I'd say this game has aged well from looks. Alrighty, so now we're moving on the characters. So characters, there's 12 characters to begin in this game. Uh, half of these characters being throwaway and almost never being used again, aside from having their name mentioned or their character being used in a story ending in a Street Fighter game. Now, this game in particular has the most throwaway characters because, well, I mean, compared to the characters now that Capcom has, uh, yeah, these characters are pretty forgettable. But anyway, I'll start with the characters that are going to be showing up later and have some story relevance. Those characters being Ryu, Ken, Sagat, and Birdie, Gen, Adon, and Eagle. Now, Eagle is in that middle category where he's in a couple games and then isn't. A lot of people are fans of Eagle, but to be fair, he hasn't been in a game for a long time, so it is hard for Eagle to see where he will be now, since he was only in a crossover game, and because of that, his sprite was ported over to Alpha 3 Max. So Eagle is an interesting case. But anyway, the throwaway characters are Lee, Geki, Joe, Mike, and Retsu. Those are all the throwaway characters. Now, to be fair, uh, this is the first game of its kind, and not Every single character will make an appearance, especially after Street Fighters 2, where basically everyone was like, oh, these characters are so cool. The first game, and since, well, no one really thought the first game really existed, and thought it was only two, people thought this was the base roster, but nope, this is. And um, technically, Ryu and Ken are the uh, World Warriors, because they're the only characters you can play as. And, um, what I mean by World Warriors is basically characters you can play as who have been in every single game. So, almost, this would almost count Sagat, right? But, no, you can't play as Sagat, so he's not a World Warrior. So, that would just leave Ryu and Ken being the World Warrior. Sorry about that little history fact. But, anyway, I would move on to arcade endings next. But there's not really any arcade endings in here, just the story, so we're going to be moving on to the story then. Alrighty, uh, Street Fighter 1 story, here we go. Our story begins with two brothers training under the same master. These brothers are Goken and Goki. Both of them trained under their master diligently. Their fighting style? Well, it was both a combination of light and dark. Their master? 
knew how to walk this line perfectly. He was the true master of this art. However, Gokin didn't like the violence that was involved in this fighting style. He decided to make his own, while Goki didn't mind. Training and training and training to become more powerful. Gokin decided to leave to start his own fighting style and to start his own dojo, while his brother Goki decided to stay and train and become stronger. As Gokin was traveling the world, making his own dojo, Goki, feeling more confident and falling more into the darkness of this dark fighting style, he killed his master became the master himself, but in doing so, he lost his humanity, only wanting to seek powerful opponents, those that in his eyes would give him challenge. Gokin's brother, Goki, was no longer him. His name now was Akuma. As Gokin was traveling the world and building his dojo, he found a young orphaned boy by the name of Ryu. Gokin decided to take Ryu under his wing, and in doing so, taught him his fighting style. And in doing so, Ryu became a very humble and an ever-seeking learner in martial arts. Sometime later, an old equate, an old, f and sometime later, an old friend of Gokin's, Mr. Masters, wanted to give his son to him to teach him discipline, so he wouldn't live off the family fortune. These, this young boy's name, was Ken Masters. Gokin, seeing this as an opportunity to give Ryu a friend around his age, gladly accepted his offer. And, at first, the first two boys. And, at first, the boys did not get along with each other, both seeing each other as competitors and rivals. But, through later training, and through bonds of friendship, both of them became brothers in arms when training day in and day out, both learning under their master together, Goken. When both Ryu and Ken were complete with their training and reaching maturity, Goken thought it wise to set the boys out into the world, testing their fighting style against strong opponents and learning how to self-improve themselves. With nothing left to teach them, Gokin set them out on a journey of self-discovery and a test of might for the world that was in front of them. Both Ryu and Ken went their separate ways after this, Ryu finding his way into a fighting tournament. 
he beat every single opponent in the tournament. And that gave him the right to challenge the strongest warrior in the tournament. And that warrior's name was Sagat. The battle between the two was very close and very even. Both blow after blow, seemingly one would go down after the other. But no, they were fighting to win. But Sagat would not give up so easily. He would not give up his throne of power. He was the strongest. And he knocked out the warrior. He had seemingly won. As Sagat dropped his guard, went to help the warrior up, Ryu felt something. Ryu felt a darkness in his body. And with that, and Sagat's guard dropped, he uppercutted him, giving Scott, giving Sagat a giant scar on his chest, scared at what he was done. Scared at what he's done, Ryu left the battle to go see his old master and to ask him, what was this power? As for Sagat, he was driven in the madness and wanted nothing more but power and to win against Ryu. This is what led him into his fate in Shadowloo. Going back after he won the battle against Sagat, he wondered what this power was, what was that darkness, and what power. So, after the long journey back to his old master's dojo, and before he can even speak a word to his master, what he found was his master's dead body on the ground, lifeless. Wondering who did this, he found a clue. The strongest warrior who was only seeking powerful opponents. Koken's brother, Akuma, has done this. Wanting answers and knowing that since Akuma was Koken's brother, he might know something about this hidden art. And so, he went after Akuma. Ryu wants answers, and he was going to find them. His first person he would find answers from would be Goken's brother, Akuma. And this would be the beginning of his long journey.
Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening in on the first episode of Fighting Game History. I was super excited to film this. I was super excited to tell you the story of the first Street Fighter game and reuse humble beginnings. So, we are going to be doing uh, Street Fighter Alpha series next, or zero, depending on where you are. Now, we would move on to Street Fighter 2 if we were doing this by game order, but chronologically order, this will make a lot more sense, and it will get a lot easier if I do it this way. But anyway, that's aside the point. I'm also doing another episode um, this week. Um, I'm sorry that this episode is very late, but I had to work some things around my schedule. Uh, this would have been out sooner if I didn't have to re-record some segments. So, again, I'm super sorry that this didn't get out here sooner. I'm super sorry, but to make up for it, I'm at least coming out with a couple more episodes out this month. A couple more Street Fighter ones, and then one uh, episode that I'm going to do... Uh, with a friend of mine, we're both going to go over it, we're going to have a special guest, our first special guest on the uh, podcast, so I am super happy we're going to be going over that, that one will probably be the next episode that comes out, so if you don't want to listen to that one yet, because it's not Street Fighter, then I say once all the Street Fighter games are covered, then you can go look at it. But that'll be my first ever guest on the channel. Not only that, but have you heard of Those Amazing Games? Those Amazing Games are a great YouTube channel. I go on there, I play games with him. Me and him are really good friends. We play games together. And we also do tournaments, uh, which we both compete in, along with some of our other friends. Uh, definitely go take a look at his channel. His channel is very good to look at. Because um, this week, we did Tatsunoko versus Capcom. And next week, being in the Street Fighter feel, will be Street Fighter 4. So, Saturday this week, if you want to tune in to me and him play some Street Fighter 4 along with some friends in a competitive scene, then I would say definitely go look at it. Also, I made a website on WordPress. You can also check things on there with episodes and new releases. Also, you could check me uh, tweet out on uh, the website too. And that should keep you guys updated instead of just having it be like, oh, well, I'm going to release one now. Alrighty, I think that covers everything. So, again, thank you guys for watching this. I know it's late, but don't worry, I will make it up and make sure I have more episodes come out. So, thank you guys for listening. And remember, the match is in your hands.